How to be happy through meditation with the happy meditator, Tammy Khan, on episode number 154 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. An important thing that we know now for building mental resilience and dealing with adversity is that we all need support. Hey everybody, my name is Matthew Ferry, author of Quiet Mind, Epic Life, and Dr. Brad Miller helps you to lead a life of peace, prosperity, and purpose by overcoming adversity on the Beyond Adversity podcast. Hello, good people. Welcome to Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. Here on Beyond Adversity, we help you to navigate adverse conditions in your life and to emerge to a place of peace, prosperity, and purpose. We've done so with one over 150 episodes of the podcast and other helpful uh, helpful resources for you at drbradmiller.com. Head on over there, find lots of resources that can help you deal with depression or divorce or uh, some debilitating disease or maybe a debt, financial uh, financial circumstances or even a or even a death in the family. But ultimately a lot of times it has to do with whether we are happy or not. Happiness. Don't you want to be happy? I know I do. It's been said, you know, we are as happy as we want to be. So we make a choice. And yet that's a very hard thing to come by to choose to be happy. So perhaps we need a process. Perhaps we need a way to do it. Perhaps we need some helps to do that. Here on Beyond Adversity, we're here to be helpful to you to achieve happiness, to achieve fulfillment in your life. We call it the life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. And today we've got a great guest with us who's going to speak into your life about how you can, if you choose to, You can choose to be happy, and one of the systems you can do that with is through meditation. Her name is Tammy Khan. She calls herself the happy. She calls herself the happy uh, meditator. She blogs at happymeditator.com, and she's our guest today on Beyond Adversity. She is a happiness, mindfulness, and meditation coach. She teaches yoga. And she founded this website, happymeditator.com. And her purpose here on her site and the resources that she offers is to help people like you to discover a calmer, more meaningful, and happier life that's centered and grounded and resilient. And she does this through mindfulness techniques and meditation and through a scientifically proven happiness strategies. Maybe you don't believe that can happen. I'm here to tell you that she offers some great insights to us today in our conversation. She comes out of her own personal experiences and her own professional background as a mental health health therapist, where she saw kind of traditional techniques not really working or taking a really long 
time to process. She, and, she, and she had her own challenges to overcome as well. We'll talk about that in our podcast. But she was dissatisfied. She was unhappy with results. And she started to seek out other methodologies for to get a, her own sense of clarification and a sense of well-being and a sense of control. And to and she had led her to the world of psychology and mindfulness and meditation. She knew what it was like to be unhappy. She knew what it was like for her clients to be unhappy. And she knew then she discovered a process of what it takes to change direction. And it's what she calls the process here of becoming the happy meditator. So she created this process here. We're going to explore it here today. This is a fascinating conversation. We're going to get into this process here. Hey, you want to be happy, don't you? I know I do. And we want them to have a process here. We're going to talk about that here today with Tammy Kahn, the happy meditator, here on episode number 154 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Let's get into our conversation with Tammy Kahn right now. We have a happy person with us today. She is the happy meditator. Her name is Tammy Kahn, and she specializes in helping folks to release stress, to reset their mind and body, and enjoy a peaceful night's sleep. And she's a happy person. So we welcome to the podcast today, the happy meditator, Tammy Kahn. Uh, thank you so much for having me here. Uh, I'm very grateful and Excited to go through this interview with you, Brad. Awesome. Well, we're glad to have you, uh, have you, Tammy. Uh, happy meditator. What makes yes. you happy? What makes you happy, <laughs> my friend? Yeah. Uh, happiness is, is a journey, um, that I'll say I started around seven years ago as a result of a health problem adversity. Uh, yes. it's very, uh, uh, connected to what we're going to be talking today, I found myself lost. I found myself stuck. And I had a background in mental health, in social work. So I knew I was not clinically depressed. Uh, I couldn't diagnose myself as clinically depressed, but I was deeply unhappy. That I knew for sure. And at that time, I decided to um, enroll in a happiness course. And I thought there are things in my life that I know they're going well, but I'm feeling mentally so stuck that I'm not able to see past through my mental blocks. Part of this uh, course that I took on happiness got me thinking about other mindfulness strategies that I have used before, but I was not being very consistent. So I started to uh, create these sort of pillars of foundation in which I started to build really a truly happy life. And one of the first things I realized in this happiness journey is that I was focusing on the wrong things. I was focusing on, on holding on to things that were external factors that were basically blocking my happiness. And once I realized that the flaw thing here, it was my own definition of happiness, that I needed to restructure that and build in my life more habits that were truly going to guide me to being more happy, uh, things uh, started to change uh, for me really quickly. 
And one of the things uh, about happiness that I think this past year has put uh, a lot of us into testing, right? Really testing our tools. And I'm happy to report that that journey that I started seven years ago and those tools that I put into practice are still working for me, even in the deeply adverse conditions that we're all going through at this time. Yes, well, of course, uh, we're uh, I'm referring, at least I believe you're referring to the COVID crisis, the pandemic, and all the other things we're dealing with as we talk yes. here on the first few days of uh, 2021 and of how people get stuck, don't they? They can get stuck or they can get uh, sidelined by adverse conditions. And, and, uh, you don't, many people go to this unhappy place, don't they? And, uh, and you were in this unhappy place and you don't have to go into great detail, but what were some of the factors that took you to that unhappy place? And then what were you, you mentioned taking a course, for instance, and what were some of the actions that you took to mm-hmm. break those patterns? Well, the first thing, as I mentioned, was my definition of happiness was wrong. I was focusing mostly on external factors to determine my happiness. Just to give an example, I was thinking, you know, my career needs to change for me being able to be happy. My Mm -hmm. financial situation needs to change. My relationships needs to change. All these sort of external things that I have no control of. So one of the first thing I realized that, My happiness needs to be based on things I have control of. Mm -hmm. And those pillars that I learned um, from the uh, happiness course and uh, for for uh, putting them into practice were basically strategies focused on building a growth mindset, building emotional resilience, building a mindful life and mostly focusing on giving my life a sense of purpose, a sense of meaning a sense of contribution that was deeply lacking at that time. Mm, that's awesome. That's awesome. And so you took some actions uh, to do that, and you realized that the, uh, oh, better job and better relationships and all that kind of thing were not going to be the answer totally. You had to go to an inner place. And but tell me about, uh, you know, the source of some of this strength and power. Um I believe strength and power, you know, also comes from when we believe there's there's more to ourselves, you know, meaning, you know, we have to go to a source of power beyond ourselves. And mm-hmm. some people meditate and some people have uh, prayerful or spiritual practices or other things, mentors. Tell us about any uh, external factors that were a part of this process. I don't mean the new job, this kind of thing, but what influenced you to look for a source greater than yourself or to give you some strength and power here? Yeah. Um one of the things that I realized that um, my mind was mostly focused on negativity. I had a, a very sort of limited mindset at the time. And I realized that for many years, I have uh, lost focus on spirituality. So that was something that I realized that at the time I needed to find a place that I could find a center, that I could find inner peace, and mostly um, that, that I could find a refuge that will help me enable, break all, all those uh, mental barriers I had created for myself. Meditation there became uh, a core practice for me to find that deeper sense of balance. 
one of the things you begin to realize when you uh, begin a meditation practice is the lack of mental clarity we have. And one of the things I realized that I had distanced myself from really connecting, as you mentioned, with an inner source. And uh, I began also to develop other practices that helped me enable uh, to see that. And my other important connection that I call my spiritual practice is by connecting with nature. Mm. Uh, when we connect with what nature is, Mother Earth, we can see that they, there has to be something greater than us that uh, is able to connect all these sources of energy and evolve and uh, enable for us to still be here. So uh, those were two fundamental things yes. that I, I think helped some, me deeply in this journey. And what are some of the ways that you do that? And what are, some, are you very purposeful in connecting with nature, like oh, hiking yeah. or walking or you know, mm-hmm. skiing or whatever? Tell me a little bit about how you connect yeah. with nature. I, I love to meditate in nature. Okay. Because uh, I can use their mindfulness tools to connect with my body, to connect with my breath. But also there is this deep connection that we can see through a, a, a higher power or whatever you, you want to call it in nature. That it's not only soothing physically for us. To me, it started connecting the sense of spirituality with energy, energy that comes from how things grow, how life is, how we're all deeply connected into higher things that sometimes we cannot see through the senses, but we can feel within us. And uh, for me, uh, walking meditations and stillness in nature is, is my way of practicing uh, that spiritual connection. That's awesome. That's awesome. Let's talk about uh, relationships uh, for a moment, Tammy. And I'm a, you know, you mentioned how you, one of the factors you were kind of looking for uh, when you were looking other ways to achieve happiness was how our new job or new relationships might make a difference for you. And uh, what I want to talk about is positive relationships or uh, with mm-hmm. other folks and how that is a fuel that helps us to sustain life change. You know, we're talking here about ways we can overcome adversity. I, you know, the circumstances we find ourselves in, whether it's a pandemic or health situation or loss mm-hmm. of a job or anything else, we've got to find strategies that could get through it. And sometimes people could be helpful in that. You sought out a class, for instance. But tell us about how relationships can help us and fuel us or whether they be, you know, in person, family, friends, uh, mentors, or possibly even, you know, books or other resources. Tell about the power of relationships to help us to navigate uh, through adversity. One of the most important things for happiness and for thriving in life is the quality of our relationships. When uh, we look at our most important sources of love and trust, they deeply come from relationships, relationships we build with the people we love and they're around us. It could be a relationship to a higher power. It could also be the relationship we develop with tangible things. And um, an important thing that we know now for building mental resilience and dealing with adversity is that we all need support. No matter uh, what sort of situation you're dealing with, 
the resources that you have available can determine whether you thrive and grow from a situation or whether you feel stuck and unresourceful. One important thing when it comes to building relationships, as you mentioned, is that those relationships need to be positive to really help us grow. So one of the things I realized that my focus when I was deeply stuck in unhappiness, it was that I was expecting others to change. And I was not taking the initiative for me to develop uh, within me the the strengths to for me to change what I was hoping the other person to do. And I started to change that perspective. And I think this is something really powerful when it comes to strengthening our relationships. We need to take control of the things we can do to really build positive relationships, whether that is uh, through forgiveness, whether, was, whether that is for us to be more affectionate, more loving, more resourceful, whatever it is, we cannot wait for other people to change in order for us to build a positive relationship. And what are some of the things that we can do then? You know, if we have kind of a pattern in our life and, you know, let's just take a long-term relationship, whether it's a marriage or a family you grew up in or a long-term working relationship, you know, there are patterns people get into, get kind of mm-hmm. stuck in those. Sometimes they can be destructive or unhealthy. What are some of the things that when you chose to do some changing in order to improve your relationships, what are some specific things that we can do? Yeah, there's two um, very uh, practical tools that I recommend people to do when they're stuck in a situation. First of all, you need to evaluate what is the source if you're uh, dealing with a problem in a relationship? What is the source and what is the situation that you're dealing with that you have control of? One practice that I recommend people to do when they lack that sense of clarity on how to deal with a situation is to do loving kindness meditation. I'm not sure if you if you have uh, heard about this type of meditation. No, please uh, unpack it a little bit for us, please. Yes. Basically, is a meditation that you focus on repeating phrases that you want to bring into the relationship. Let's say you're dealing with a, a problematic situation with a loved one that you are, are thinking that it might end up in divorce, just to put something out there. Mm-hmm. And you are hoping for that person to change, but that has not happened. And you want to find a place of peace so you can have the inner resources to deal with the relationship or whatever is it's happening. So you bring these phrases of the things you feel you need in that relationship, whether it's love, whether it's patience, whether it's empathy, compassion. And you repeat this, these phrases for yourself and for that person you are having the challenge with. And just to give you a simple example, it will be, may I be peaceful? May I be patient? May I have wisdom to deal with this relationship? And then you say the name of the person and you repeat the same phrases. This case, you know, may Brad be happy. May Brad find uh, a way to be patient. So you adapt these phrases and you sit in meditation and you repeat these phrases. This is actually a proven scientific practice that has been shown to really help people uh, strengthen relationships. The other uh, important tool that I recommend to people 
is to work also with forgiveness practices. Sometimes the, the situations that had happened in our past contribute a lot with us being stuck and not being able to move forward. And it could be sometimes that we need to let go. We need to let go of the, of those things that happened in the past so we can build a future. And there are uh, multiple uh, forgiveness practices that you could do, whether it's writing a forgiveness letter, whether it's doing uh, even a forgiveness meditation. And uh, I feel that those could be deeply healing practices that could enable us to overcome challenges in relationships. That's very helpful. I think uh, one of the things I really like to share with uh, the Beyond Adversity audience is these practical practices, uh, self-disciplines, uh, habits that we can do. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you've listed several who people can apply there. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that there is a person who is deeply impacted by the profound challenges they have found around the COVID crisis that the whole world is going under. And mm-hmm. it's been exacerbated by a number of circumstances, maybe, you know, health related or job related or relationship related, but they're kind of stuck. But I'd like for us, for you just to uh, kind of address that person uh, with basically what are some of the self-disciplines or habits or practices that we could implement uh, in our lives to help us to uh, break the pattern and get out of adversity and at least move towards, you know, this happiness that you advocate here as the happy meditator. Yeah. One of the first things that we need to understand is that happiness goes beyond feeling joyful or feeling, you know, this uh, sense of uh, optimism. I want people to consider being happy with uh, connecting with inner peace, connecting with mental balance, connecting with a sense of serenity. Dealing now with all the adversities and uncertainty we are experiencing. If we think that happiness is only about being joyful and optimistic, we're going to have a difficult time. So we need to reset and find a a more uh, present definition for happiness. For me right now, my definition of happiness is to feel myself that I'm calm, that I'm balanced. And that I feel content and grateful for what my life is right now. So I have built daily practices that I do myself and I recommend to people those daily habits to keep me set on what is my definition of happiness right now. Our definition needs to evolve and change within the circumstances we're dealing with. I know the first things I recommend to people is that on a daily basis, we need to connect with centering practices. Whether for you is a meditation, prayer, um, reading the Bible, connecting with nature, we need to find things that connect us with feeling trust and feeling safe. So we can calm down our, our nervous central system. That's one of the first things. Secondly, we need to connect with things that are energy boosters. So every day, to the best we can, we need to do physical things that get our body moving. And we need to focus as well on getting good sleep. Good sleep is something that I feel people neglect so much. And it deeply helps us be more mentally balanced, be more calm, 
and also enables our brain to recharge so we have more physical uh, energy to connect better with the adversity we're dealing on a daily basis. Another important practice that I, I think uh, we mentioned earlier, relationships. Every day we need to spend time connecting with loved ones. And uh, a practice that I recommend, and I do actually in one of my courses, is emphasize the importance of affection. Every day we need to express love and receive love, whether it's with a kiss, whether it's with a hug, whether it's petting our, our animals, whether it's making a connection through a phone call, we need to be sure that we connect with sources of love on a daily basis. And for me, affection is a very quick, simple way for us to do that in our relationships. And finally, um, in, in circumstances that we feel that life feels too much, when we look around, we will always find people that life for them, it's harder than ourselves. So connecting with purpose and a sense of contribution that we are helping others that are more in need is a very positive strategy. So build within your schedule, and I say this to people, acts of kindness that you can do two at least or three times uh, during your week, whether it's paying for a coffee for the next person in Starbucks, whether it's giving a call to an elderly neighbor and see if they need help with anything, whether it's uh, to go and, and volunteer within the limits of our current situation. Mm-hmm. When we so, help others, we build resilience. Yeah. So make a contribution. I've noted a few things you mentioned, calming the mind, engaging mm-hmm. the body with some movement and also restoring the body with sleep. Uh, connecting mm-hmm. with affection with your loved ones, with physical signs and verbal signs, and then connecting with the purpose of contribution. Those are all great things. But I just want to push back with you just a little bit here, um, mm-hmm. Tammy, in the sense that, you know, a lot of folks are really stressed with their schedule, their time. You know, I'll just give an example. My, I have a daughter who's about your age and two granddaughters. One of my granddaughters is just two months old and going back to work and babysitters and you know all the whole life is she talks a lot about the stresses of her schedule i believe in everything you're saying here but i want to talk to you about implementation for a minute if either through like a morning routine or some other process Mm -hmm. how can a person implement everything you're talking about here and uh still get it done whatever they're going on in their life Uh, tell me about Mm -hmm. any ways that you can implement this yeah we need to work with the tools we have right now. And the reality of our situation is that our tools are limited. Our resources are limited right now. So we need to reset our expectations to making things work for us within what we have. For me, that has been that I need to step back and readjust the time I spend in these strengthening tools so, um, like you mentioned, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mother, so I'm in a, in a similar situation. I have young kids. I'm at home, and we're coping right now, parents, with a lot of things. So I realized that one of the things I needed to do is that I needed to start my morning earlier, 
for me to establish a morning routine to set those centering practice that are essential for me. And also, I realized that I had to work around with adjusting things so they work for me. So instead of doing things that I used to be able to do before because the kids were in school, now I need to find all the times in the day to still do those things. One of the important aspects that we need to realize is that we are not going to meet all the things we were able to do before. We are right now in a situation that we are surviving struggling with dealing with a pandemic. So whatever we do, we need to be compassionate and kind to ourselves that we might not be able to be our best every day. And uh, an important aspect that I mentioned earlier that I say to people, if you feel tired, exhausted at, at night, and you think, well, I didn't get that workout done, I didn't get that thing on my to-do list and not possible. Put those things to the side. Tomorrow will be another day and focus on getting sleep. We we cannot sacrifice our sleep. And uh, part of the, the pillars for well-being is for us to really focus on the main important things. So for me, is centering is my sleep and ensuring I connect to love on a daily basis. And then when you have time for those other spare extra things, you figure out five, ten minutes within your schedule that you are able to fit those mm-hmm. other things. So I'm hearing you saying, Tammy, give yourself a break and maybe apply some of the kindness you might have uh, uh, or forgiveness you might have applied to other people to yourself yeah, as well. Totally. And give yourself a break. And well, you've got lots of resources uh, that are helpful to people at happymeditator.com and courses and other good things there and that you have there. But I'd like for uh, you to share with you, I'm sure you've been working with uh, folks as well, but tell us about a person or situation you have worked with where you've mm-hmm. seen a person to uh, be able to, you know, navigate some stresses in their life or, or adversities and to come out to a better place out of some of the, re, you know, uh, coaching or uh, conversations mm-hmm. or resources that you provide. Tell us about a success story. I I have so many wonderful stories because I'm so grateful for the type of work that I do. But um, I want to talk to you about one of more or one of the people that uh, I have connected with that dealt with really tragic adversity. And we're talking about uh, trauma from uh, tragedy of losing a child and not being able to recover for more than 20 years, 20 years involved that person being stuck in alcoholism, being stuck with mental health problems, uh, bipolar problems, and all sorts of resources that uh, throughout 20 years, she was trying her truly best to pull herself out, but she was really struggling. And not until she found meditation, she was not able to obtain that mental clarity. Why? Because when our body gets exposed to trauma, it basically starts to uh, set faulty signals through our brain that if we don't find uh, practices to rebalance and recalibrate our nervous system, we could be stuck for years and years in cycles of depression negative unhealthy habits like alcoholism or also the of, of other addictive habits. 
And once she was able to establish a consistent meditation practice, she was suddenly able to see more clearly why she has been stuck all those years. The second aspect that we worked with was emotional intelligence. And once she was able to have this sense of mental clarity, we started to work with all those emotions that were stuck in her and, and try to for her to be able to understand what was going on and how to cope with emotions. Thirdly, she established a consistent gratitude practice. So instead of focusing consistently in what was going wrong in her life or what went wrong in the past, her focus became what is the goodness I do have right now. And finally, um, she was also uh, a very resourceful person, and she decided to use her personal suffering as a tool to contribute to the world. So she started to develop uh, support groups for people that were dealing with grief as well. That's awesome. So she connected all these resources that she already has, but she didn't have the mental clarity to see mm-hmm. that she had all these strengths. And this you, is why meditation became such a powerful tool for her. Yes. And you were able to kind of guide her and coach her in this whole process. And, and yeah. it brings this me to the process of um, life coaching and uh, and also group work. Good. Well, tell us about uh, what if folks are finding themselves and they such as this woman in need of some coaching, direction, group work, things like that, that they can turn to you. Uh, what are they going to find with uh, Tammy Khan at the uh, at the happy uh, meditator dot com? What kind of resources are they going to find there? How can you be helpful to people who really do want to break the pattern of adversity and come to a better place in their life? Well, the first thing um when people come to me, we, we need to understand um, what is really the difficulties they're dealing with. And that comes back again to mental clarity. So we identify uh, a meditation practice that they could start doing straight away to try to connect with that centering element that we all need. The second thing we do is go through a process or identifying strength. To deal with adversity, we need to work with the strengths we have right now. We cannot focus on weaknesses, and that's something that keeps a lot of people stuck. They're dealing with problems and then looking at what they're weak or what is not working. So we need to find the tools that bring uh, strengths and power to really make uh, your those actions that you need to take. Thirdly, we look into um, exploring what's going on with the relationships right now and see what mindfulness practices we can bring to strengthen relationships. As we mentioned earlier, connecting more with a sense of love and trust. And finally, um, we work at building emotional resilience. So that's another very important uh, tool with, again, mindfulness practices that uh, enable people not only for me to help them where they are right now. It's about building tools of resilience that will help you now and for the rest of your life. Well, that's awesome. And uh, so you obviously have found a way to navigate adversity in your own life. And now you're using your experiences to help other folks and 
We have evidence of that and some great tools in our conversation today indicates you have really have a thought thought out and thoughtful process to be helpful and and we appreciate you you doing that. So she is the happy meditator. Her name is Tammy Khan. You can find her at happymeditator.com where she can help you in your life to regain balance and purpose and wholeness and to be happy. So thank you, Tammy, for being with us today on Beyond Adversity. Uh, that was just a fascinating conversation with Tammy Khan from the happymeditator.com. I hope you heard it. I hope you have some great takeaways to take with you. Uh, to be helpful to your life, to help you make choices in order to be happy. Because ultimately, it is about our own choices and processes, how we handle adversity. That's what this whole podcast, Beyond Adversity, is all about, helping you handle and deal with adversity in your life and to come out to a better place. Because adversity, unhappy things happen to all of us. Those depressing moments, that divorce or that disease or a death in the family, or crushing debt. You know what I'm talking about. And you choose whether you're going to face things and be crushed by them, or to persevere and get through them, and come out with a smile, come out being happy. Three takeaways that I want you to get from what Tammy Khan shared with us here, to, uh, here today. The process that she used. This takeaway, first of all, get your mental clarity. That is to try to really understand the situation is that is at hand. Understand the process. Don't deny it, but understand and get clarity. And so you can start to apply different meditation practices specifically to your particular situation. So number one is clarity. Number two is to look for your strengths. To understand your weaknesses, your soft spots can drag you down. But if you build on your strengths... You have something to work with here. You don't have to be stuck in your problems. You can build on your strengths to build on that. And that's a source of power to help get you through uh, the adversity. So we've got clarity and we've got seeking out your strengths. And the third thing is relationships. Explore the positive relationships you have in your life right now and see what mindfulness practices you can apply to strengthen those relationships and that can be a resource then to help you get through uh, your difficult time and to emerge with happiness. Good stuff here with Tammy Khan. I uh, encourage you to go to her website, happymeditator.com and find out a lot more about what she has to offer. Here at Beyond Adversity, we offer you over 150 episodes of this podcast and my background as a person who has a doctoral degree in transformational leadership and a pastor for 40 years, I think I've seen people in the worst states in life and know that any adversity can be dealt with, can be navigated if we choose to do it. We like to call it the ACTS process. The A in ACTS is to take action. The C in the word ACTS is to connect with a higher power, a spiritual power. The T in the word ACTS is to think with discipline in your mind. And the S in the word acts is to serve others and to do so with love. You can do that. We can help you here. Go to drbradmiller.com. We've got a free gift for, for you there and lots of back episodes of the podcast, which can help you to navigate adversity and come to your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. We are here to help. But it's about you making the step of making a promise to yourself now. 
You have to promise to yourself that you want to change, that you don't want to stay stuck in your adverse life condition. You want to promise yourself because there's power when you make a promise and there's even more power when you keep a promise. And our promise to you here at Beyond Adversity is to still give you good stuff, good resources to help you to navigate beyond adversity and to come to your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. We're here to be helpful. So until next time, friends, this is Dr. Brad Miller encouraging you, encouraging you continually, my good people, to always do all the good that you can. <laughs>